Great to be together again. Uh, God is here. It's so good. I know um, I really enjoy um, worshipping with you, and, and I, know, I know we don't have the band, but actually I still enjoy it a lot, uh, just praising God, and, and some of those contributions were, were really fantastic just to hear you shout out, and we're encouraging that more and more. Uh, we're deliberate about this. We're intentional about it. We really do believe everyone's got something to bring, something to contribute in, not just in that sung worship time, but throughout the whole of our times together. But like I say, good to be together again. We're still uh, continuing in 2023 to worship God. We're still aiming to grow in becoming a loving, authentic family. You might remember the, the series we did last year. We're deepening our relationship with our Father God, and we're deepening our relationships with one another through the transformative power of the gospel, remembering what the gospel uh, results are as a result of Jesus's sacrifice and resurrection. And, uh, and we are on this journey together. We're following him. We're following Jesus, our risen God. We're pursuing his heart, and we're looking to be obedient and become more like him over time. And so if you weren't here last term much, that is the summary of last term. If you weren't here at all, that's where we're at as a church. And I'm just going to expand a bit on this because we, um, we are looking at prophecy today, and uh, I thought it was appropriate to reflect again on what we reflected on last year about this time, because we were actually reflecting on a prophetic picture given by Claire in December 2021, and I really do think it rings true for us today and going forward even into this year. It, uh, it was this time last year we, we had a picture from Claire of a map uh, showing the route of a ship to the Arabian Gulf, and the, there were some key things that we noted about this particular journey that the ship was going on. Uh, we noted from Claire's word that actually the, the waters down that side of Africa, that side of Africa, uh, are choppy, and it's going to feel choppy for a while. And we commented on that uh, because it was significant. Uh, coming out the end of a pandemic, that was really, really significant, that, that, that actually people were feeling quite unsettled. And some of that perhaps still remains, but for different reasons. There's different choppy waters um, that happened in 2022, and there will be different ones in 2023. But we noted that the choppiness, it's going to feel a bit like that for a while, but we're okay with it because Jesus is steering the ship. We also noticed that um, the reason we were going to sail through choppy waters as a church was because you don't become a good sailor on a mill pond. You don't become a good sailor on calm waters. That was a key thing from the word. And that translated for me as you don't become good disciples if everything is all rainbows and unicorns and everything's going well all the time. That's, that's what it kind of came through to me as. And so we noted that it will be choppy, but that's okay. That's part of the plan. And finally, we also noticed that actually for this time, the key for us is to be together. And the phrase we took from that was all hands on deck. And, uh, and over this last year, I think I could point you to a lot of examples of hands on deck um, coming to fruition in our church. And I also believe it's a journey we're still going on. So we're still working out, what does this mean? All hands on deck, what does it mean? Uh, and applying it to our lives. And that's what we should do with our prophetic words. And so it's still time to get hands on, hands on deck. And hands, all hands on deck is a rallying call, in case you don't know, in the kind of marine world, it's a rallying call to all get into one place together to, to find out what we need to do, what needs to be done. Um, but actually, for us, I think uh, it's a rallying call not just to do stuff, but to be together as well. In fact, I felt that being together was more important than the doing in some respects. But actually, we've seen a bit of both in this last year. We've started to be 
together for the whole of our times on Sundays throughout 2022. Our 0 to 4s haven't had a kind of crash area. They haven't gone out to that. They've been with us. And that's just one example where we've decided, are we going to be together? We've also had more meeting makers added to our team. More hands are on deck than ever before in our teams that, we, that serve on Sunday. We've had more venue managers uh, created as well. We're grateful to them as well. And also, we, we've been focusing on hands on deck in terms of one anothering one another. Uh, that, word, that phrase, one anothering, comes up lots of times uh, in the Gospels, around 50 times, I think, in the New Testament. And it's something we've really been focused on, um, particularly when we've been here together. And I've, I've experienced this. I've seen people move around the church at various times to help, particularly help families with little children. And we're so grateful for that spontaneous response to go and help out and support and and give up your seat, as it were, to go and support others. And that's all hands on deck. That's one anothering um, and getting, uh, getting involved and, and helping out with each other's lives. And so there's this rallying call, all hands on deck, and it still applies throughout 2023. And uh, it's, it's a rallying call to be together on Sundays. It's a rallying call to, be, to life group, be at life group and come and pray and come to prayer meetings. And those things are all still true. And, and we mustn't lose sight of it. We must Commit to rally together, to one another, one another, to be involved, hands-on with the family. And so I just wanted to encourage you in that. It is still all hands-on deck, and we've seen it, we're experiencing, we're growing in it, and you're doing great. And I just feel God's blessing on us as a church family as we step into this more and more. So praise God. Well done. Be encouraged. I still think this picture is for us to, to keep digging into and, and responding to. So that's all hands-on deck. So, as I said, uh, we really believe in this church that everyone's got something to bring. And uh, when we were praying on Tuesday, we prayed, God, raise our expectations for what you're going to do among us on Sundays and throughout the week. Uh, that people would come prepared to contribute with their spiritual gifts to build one another up. And that's why we're leaning into this Everyday Supernatural series. We're using a book by Mike Pilavachi and Andy Croft called Everyday Supernatural. We pinched the title, we're using it for the series. And uh, we're going to look at prophecy today, and then we're going to do it. We're going to activate it as well. So let's pray, and then we'll get straight into that. Father, we do praise you. We worship you. We thank you. We are here together. Thank you for all hands on deck at King's Church family this morning. We pray, uh, Lord Jesus, send your Holy Spirit. Fill us afresh. Fill me. Speak the words you want to speak into our hearts, Lord. We pray for our expectations of you to speak, to be raised right now. In Jesus' name, we ask. Amen. So one particular spiritual gift is the gift of prophecy, and it's, a, it's one in like a tool belt. If you kind of had a tool belt, you ever had one of those? Lots of different tools. Um, if you're in the trade, Martin will know. Uh, then you just pull one out. When you need a certain tool, you use it, and so on and so forth. And the one we're looking at today is prophecy, and some of you might remember Sophie speaking about this in the summer. Who remembers that? Yeah, she did really, really well. It was great, and I'm, I'm going to build on what she said. I'm not going to repeat everything she said. I'm going to build on, on some of her words. And um, I actually listened to her talk again before writing my one because uh, I really wanted to, to capitalize on a few things she mentioned in particular. And I love the way Sophie was um, sensitive when bringing this subject up as well because she, she clocked that actually prophecy might be something that you've had experience of in the past. And sometimes it can be a negative experience. And again, I wanted to be sensitive and conscious of that. Uh, that actually we, we, we're aware of that, and we need to all be aware of that as a, as a church family. 
Some people might be okay with it. Some people might be a bit concerned. Some people might be a bit wounded. But actually, I would also say, alongside acknowledging that, don't, uh, I don't want that or any negative experiences in the past to put you off. Um, coming back to God with this, submitting it to him, uh, and, and being open uh, to, to having a go or, or receiving uh, once again. And if it is your first time, if it is your first go among us uh, doing this, then don't be anxious. Uh, we're going to see what the scriptures say about this gift for believers in Jesus, and then we're going to have a go at it. And so, as I mentioned, using uh, gifts is a bit like using tools. Um, every discipline, it kind of takes practice. You kind of got to have a few goes at it. I remember when I was a kid, um, the first time my dad was teaching me to use a power drill. I'll do that way, I'm right-handed. Power drill. And we were going through joists, and he was like, I was only a young kid, and he was like, here you go, Simon, have a go. Pulled the trigger. I got through the joist. Yes, I did. And uh, I pushed through, and uh, goodness me, it was a mess. <laughs> the, the hole was too big. It wasn't, it was wonky. It was kind of, but I was all over the place, really, with rough edges. But my dad then came alongside me, held my arm as well, and he pushed through the next one, and he showed me again, and he was very patient. And I'm pretty sure when I went away, having got bored or something, he went and tidied them all up <laughs> after me. And it's that kind of confidence I want to instill in you. Our Father is with us to help us in this. He wants us to activate and join in with these gifts and join in what he's doing. And uh, he is an experienced hand, and he helps all the way through. And so we've just got uh, some little headings for, for this gift to introduce it to you if it's the first time or remind you. Uh, if you haven't, if, you, if it's been a while. So first off, the Bible and prophecy. Historically, throughout the Bible, um, many people have heard God speak into their lives in different ways. Kevin talked about some of the different ways God speaks today to us last time we met. And uh, we don't have time to go through all the prophecies from Genesis to Revelation, but what might help you uh, just in your mind's eye is imagining the Bible story as like a huge tapestry of which you you move along from Genesis on one end to Revelation at the other, and prophecy as a theme in terms of its use and its application uh, as a gift, as it were, is like one of those threads, one of those threads that makes up the tapestry that goes from one end to the other. And so you'll find prophecy throughout the Bible. And uh, today we're going to focus on prophecy found in the New Testament, which is probably about here in the, in the tapestry. <laughs> um, and uh, and it's this definition that we're going to use uh, for New, New Testament prophecy. It says, the gift or ability to receive and communicate supernatural revelation for a group, individual, or situation. Now, we believe uh, here at King's that Jesus is alive and that he's active and that he enables us to use this gift by the Holy Spirit. And it was uh, in the scriptures, the Apostle Paul, who said this in, in 1 Corinthians 14, 5, he said, I would like every one of you to speak in tongues, but I would rather have you prophesy. He expresses the importance of the gift in no uncertain terms. He wants everyone to do it, and so do we. But we've got to start from a firm foundation if we're going to do this. It's like uh, if you are using a big power tool, this is me like pretending I'm really strong, you actually have to have a really firm stance when you're using it. Because if you put your feet together and you try and push, you're going to fall over and you're going to kind of lose your balance. Well, the Bible is like our stance. It's like our place to start, our foundation, because it reveals the ultimate truth about God. It's steadfast. It's true. We can rely on it. And uh, if we follow our tools analogy, for those that like tools, uh, it's like a spirit level. You can hold a spirit level level, <laughs> and the bubble is in the middle, and it's spot on. And anything else that you want to hold up against it 
if you want that thing to be level, has to be in alignment with it. And that's how we want to use prophecy. Words that are spoken, pictures that are brought, must not contradict the Bible or deviate from its truth in any way. It's got to be plumb, aligned with what God would say in his word. And therefore, what we prophesy never supersedes the the Bible. It never adds to the Bible. And uh, Michael Green put it like this. He's He's a theologian. He said, prophecy is not the equivalent of scripture. Prophecy is a particular word for a particular congregation, a particular time through a particular person, whereas scripture is for all Christians in all places at all times. And so scripture, God's word, is uh, is God's word, and it's steadfast. But our prophecies um, are kind of more temporary in that sense. They are weighed and they're tested, and that's the important thing to do first, is think if you think you're hearing something from God, you hold it up against, well, what does God's word say about that thing that I'm thinking or that picture that I've got? And so when we're prophesying, we're not saying things that we would like to see happen, and we're not saying things and bringing things that we think the other person would like to see happen. Much damage can be done that way. We genuinely have to listen to God and be sensitive in that respect, and I'll comment a bit more on that in a minute. And so if in the past that, that has happened to you, as I mentioned, then I just don't want it to put you off this time. I would really encourage you to, to, to receive prayer for that or be open to God to use you as his agent uh, once again. And I understand the hesitancy there, but uh, equally, if, if someone said something over you in the past and it wasn't correct or it didn't hold up against the Bible... Again, I would encourage you and would love to pray for you if necessary, if you want me to, uh, that, that wouldn't, their misjudgment wouldn't put you off uh, coming back to God with this once again. And so just like that Corinthian church that you might have read about, they were doing a lot of things in the wrong order at the wrong time incorrectly, and yet Paul still said to them, still eagerly desire the gifts of the Spirit, especially prophecy. And I think in some sense he might have been saying, okay, if you've had some bad times, don't, you know, still go after them but do it in, a, in an orderly way. So that's the first thing, the Bible and prophecy. The Bible is our spirit level. Second, prophecy is for all of us. So living a supernatural life is an adventure. It is fun. It's, it's one uh, we believe everyone who follows Jesus is invited to do and undertake. And so just to use our tapestry analogy once again, at the early part of the story, if you imagine the tapestry down here in sort of numbers, Genesis numbers, Exodus, etc. In Numbers, Moses said this. He said, I would that all God's people were prophets, him being one of the very few to start with. And later on, further up the tapestry in the story, Joel, another prophet, prophesied about the outpouring of the Holy Spirit uh, on all flesh in Joel 2, 28 to 32. And he said explicitly that God's Holy Spirit would be poured out on everyone. Male and female sons and daughters would one day prophesy. And then many, many years later, fast forwarding all the way along to sort of Acts in the prophecy, uh, in the Bible, sorry, beyond the Gospels, Jesus has died, he's been buried, he's resurrected, and then the book of Acts follows um, the Gospels. You've got this from uh, Acts 2, Pentecost. Many of you will know about, about that and celebrate that, like many of us. And that's when these prophecies about the Holy Spirit came to fruition. They came to life, the tongues of fire that came and rested on uh, the disciples there in Jerusalem set their tongues ablaze. They started speaking in many languages, and we will do another talk on tongues at a later date. And that same power of the Holy Spirit for the individual, which can be used for the corporate good, is available to us 
as well. The Holy Spirit is for you. And so if you're here today and you think, well, I've never been filled with the Holy Spirit. I've never had anyone pray for me to be filled or baptized in the Holy Spirit. We'd love to do that as well today uh, for you, with you, uh, asking Jesus for, um, as it is put metaphorically, for a drink. Uh, If you're thirsty, if you think, I really want to start this supernatural lifestyle, uh, that's the place to start, coming to Jesus and saying, fill me, Jesus, with your Holy Spirit. And we love to encourage one another in that. And so we're called to take up this gift of prophecy, but not all of us are called to take up the ministry of a prophet, um, proclaiming things like, thus saith the Lord, or trying to add to Scripture like those who are in the Scriptures, Jeremiah, Isaiah, etc., did in the past. That's not what we're all called to. There are some people out there who are, uh, have this ministry of a prophet. You might know someone um, like that, who, or have read about someone who, who has this sort of real anointing to be prophetic. And they're, they're definitely uh, unique in a lot of senses. And I wouldn't, but I wouldn't say that is everybody's uh, exact same thing to cast nationwide prophecies and so on like that. But actually, everyone can prophesy, perhaps just on that smaller scale. So not everyone is called to take up a ministry of a prophet, uh, but we're all called to prophesy. We can all practice. We can all hone this gift and grow in it. And uh, it's not just something we, we do. It's not just an activity. It's actually who we are. And this is, this is really significant, perhaps, if you're sitting there thinking, uh, oh, I can't do that. I couldn't possibly. I can't, how could I? Well, actually, it, it's a gift. It's something to be received. But also, it's in you if you have received the Spirit of Jesus, if you've received the Holy Spirit. It's actually who you are as a born-again new creation. And, and we as a, as a church family, we're a prophetic people. We are. We, we actually were just at a conference, Sophie and I and, and some of the other guys, just this last couple of days. And what they did was they called on everyone uh, to ask God and prophesy and to step into the Holy Spirit and reminded us of what the decades before in New Frontiers, or even wider family of churches, how they'd, how they'd received so much encouragement and provocation from the prophetic. And it was fascinating because we stayed in a hotel, and on the morning of the, the last morning, which was yesterday, uh, all the water stopped coming out of the taps. Uh, the water somewhere had broken, and the whole Hilton Hotel was, was dry. We couldn't have a shower. We couldn't flush the loo. It was awful. Uh, but, and some people were very upset, very upset about that, understandably. If you've been to the gym in the morning and then there's no water, that's a bit awkward. So eventually, um, they fixed it, which is fine. But before they fixed it, we were in this meeting together, and, um, and someone stood up and said, has anyone seen what's kind of been going on in the prophetic here this morning? Uh, and, and then we kind of looked at each other. And, and they said, the water was turned off. By, the hotel's water broke. The, the human supply of water flowing was switched off and broken. But just now, a few minutes ago, two people brought prophetic pictures about a whole new wine cellar becoming available. One wine cellar becoming dry and the other one becoming available. And one person elaborated on this picture by describing um, someone pushing a brick in the cellar wall and the brick falling through the other side and then shining their torch in and seeing dozens and dozens of bottles of wine. And in the scriptures, there's, there's a wonderful reference between new wine and the Holy Spirit. They're, they're linked. And so we took huge encouragement that although the human water in the hotel had been turned off, this spiritual water, the Holy Spirit, was ready to be poured out afresh, anew, on all of us. And that's something we're believing for today 
as well. And so we are a prophetic people. We, we are to do this, to pursue the prophetic together. So it's for everyone. That's that. The third one uh, I've got is, so why was this gift given? Why do we do it? Why do we undertake prophecy? Well, what are the main aims? The first aim is to glorify Jesus. Revelation 19.10, which we could dig into for a whole hour, I'm sure, it says, it is the spirit of prophecy that glorifies Jesus. And it could mean many things. In fact, it does. But one of the meanings is this, that Jesus is revealed through prophetic words and pictures and visions, which causes us to love him even more. And this happened to me lately. I was at a prayer days event, and a person came around across the room, tapped me on the shoulder and said, I think, I think God might want to speak to you. Would you like to hear what I think I heard? And I said, yeah, go ahead. And they told me this, this sort of three minutes long explanation uh, about what they had heard from God. And uh, earlier in the morning, I'd been talking to my friend, and I'd been saying, oh, I'm really suffering a bit here. I'm struggling for time. I don't feel like I can preach. There's all this online preaching. Uh, how, am I, how am I meant to compare and, and you know, be better than Tim Keller? Or how am I meant to like, compete with Matt Chandler? And I was getting really down on myself about that aspect of, of trying to do the role that I'm in when there's so much excellent teaching elsewhere. And I found myself saying to my friend, I can't do this. I, I just don't think I, won't, I will. I think I'll just step away from it. Uh, and, uh, and this person, who didn't know me at all, had come across the room a few hours later and then said, just wanted to know that you're going on some adventures and you're built for endurance and you're to pursue that. God has put those adventures in your heart. I was like, okay. And then she went on to say, and he wants you to know, I believe God is saying that you can do it and that you're not to write yourself off. He has given you everything you need and you're not to disqualify yourself from certain roles and certain tasks. And blow me down. I was... I was completely taken aback. I mean, the person was really encouraged because they were tentatively stepping out in prophecy again after a number of years of being quite quiet on it. And she burst into tears. I was rejoicing because I'd heard from God, oh, I can do it. He's given me everything I need to do. And, and there was further encouragement when another friend who doesn't know that story messaged me just this week saying, just want you to know God's given you everything you need to do this role. And he's going to support you and lift you through it. And so that's an example of prophecy coming to, coming to light and building me up. It did build me up. It was great. But it points me to Jesus. Because although the person might be saying it to me, Jesus spoke to them and revealed it to them, and he's revealing it to me. And it's him to whom I give the glory. And so that was just one example. Another reason we step into the gift of prophecy is to strengthen and encourage and comfort. And 1 Corinthians 14, 3 it says, the one who prophesies speaks to people for their strengthening, encouraging, and comfort. And so the church will always need this. We'll always need each other for strengthening, encouragement, and comfort. And it's one of uh, the best examples we've got of this is, is in Acts 9, 10 to 15. But um, I'm, I'm naturally an encourager, you might have noticed. Uh, someone ties their shoelaces in my household, and I'm like, well done, Sophie. Uh, and then we got to carry on uh, with, with the day. I've just like that. And now my boys do it to me. I've like, like shut a door and they're like, yes, well done. They're like, yeah, okay, I feel so encouraged. So a bit of a Barnabas in me. Uh, but, but actually, it's not just something I do. It's actually who I am. It's who God's made me to be. And perhaps you're like that as well. But one of the best examples of this um, live example in Acts chapter 9 is between two guys you might have heard of if you've read Acts before, Ananias and Saul. And it reads like this. It says, In Damascus, there was a disciple named Ananias. The Lord called to him in a vision, 
Ananias. Yes, Lord, he answered. The Lord told him, go to the house of Judas on Straight Street and ask for a man from Tarsus named Saul, for he is praying. In a vision, he has seen a man named Ananias. That's you. Come and place his hands on him to restore his sight. Lord, Ananias answered, I've heard many reports about this man and all the harm he has done to your holy people in Jerusalem. And he has come here with authority from the chief priests to arrest all who call on your name. But the Lord said to Ananias, go. (laughs) This man is my chosen instrument to proclaim my name to the Gentiles and their kings and to the people of Israel. (laughs) And if you know the rest of the story, you'll be glad to know Ananias was obedient. He goes to this guy, Saul. He's had this supernatural revelation. He knocks on the door. He finds him, and as he opens the door, the scales fall from his eyes, and, uh, and both parties, Saul and uh, Ananias, are wildly encouraged. And uh, you might know the rest of that story already, but it's a, it's a wonderful one for me, particularly, I think, because Ananias is just a normal bloke. He's like your average Joe or Jane on the street, and he, he hears from God, and he's obedient, and he follows through on it. And Saul will never forget this moment that God spoke to him, and God spoke to someone else, and the two met, and Time after time, you can hear and read of stories where two people are connected by the Holy Spirit uh, prophetically, and they join up. And uh, I read biographies sometimes, and there was a time where a certain missionary uh, had no money left to cross back a river in China to get to the other side. He was trying to get home. He got there because he'd given away his money, and he just trusted the Lord and said, all right, God, I'm going to go there. And the Lord said, I'll get you across the river And when he got there, a stranger comes up to him and goes, the Lord told me to give you this money. (laughs) There you go. Over the river you go. And so you can read about it in history. God's arranging these prophetic meetings. And they're encouraging when you read about them. They're even more encouraging when they happen to you. Um, Historically, probably about eight, nine years ago, I I didn't have enough money for my car insurance. And I prayed. and, uh, And I came in one morning, and I found someone had left me a financial gift. They had no name. Don't even know who it was. Someone had left me a gift, and it was exactly how much I needed for my insurance. Again, God speaking to people, them hearing and responding. <laughs> so after this, Saul never forgets it. And in, later on in Corinthians, he's writing to them, and he again encourages them. He says, anyone who speaks in a tongue edifies themselves, but the one who prophesies edifies the church. That's right. He, edifies means instructs or improves. It builds up the church when we prophesy. And that's why it's such an important gift. It's why it's like a power tool. It actually does more, uh, and you don't do much effort. <laughs> and that's what I kind of like about power tools, is it does a lot of work for you. And in a sense, God, through you, a simple instrument, can do that. It glorifies God. It builds others up. It changes lives, and it transforms situations. It's a power tool which we must use, but we also must use it with care. And I just want to mention this as well before we get into it. Um, Sophie referenced David Shadbolt, who does the training on Newground Academy. Just as an aside, Newground Academy are recruiting for new recruits to start in September, so if you're interested in that, you can talk to me. And um, this guy, David Shadbolt, he said um, before he shares a prophetic picture or word with anyone, he will, he will check himself, and he will check his heart, and he will ask God, is this revelation for now, or shall I wait and pray about it and deliver it at a later date um, when it's appropriate to do so. And, and I really liked that piece of wisdom in particular because um, it kind of takes a bit of the pressure off. 
having to say something. In, in my early days as a young disciple, uh, I felt like you just had to say something. Uh, and this just shows my immaturity at the time. Uh, in a group of three or four, uh, and someone's in the middle, and you pray, you pray for them. And, uh, and, and three, out of our, three in the circle, everyone else in the circle had said something. And guess what I thought at my time? I thought, I must say something. And so I just said something. And God can use that, and I'm not denying that he can use that. But actually, there's no pressure to do that. It's okay uh, to, to, to say, actually, no, I, I haven't heard anything this time. You know, it doesn't mean God won't do it again. It doesn't mean he can't do it. it. doesn't mean he's not talking to you. It just means sometimes, if you genuinely think, no, actually, I haven't got something, or if you have got something and you think, mm, maybe, maybe that's just me, well, then take it away and pray about it. Do a shad bolt, you know, take it off, pray about it, and then if, if it keeps returning to you, if you dig into it, then you can bring it at a later date. But I just wanted to relieve anyone of that, um, and again, I, I don't, don't be pressured into it unnecessarily in any way. You can remain quiet, and that's okay, uh, like I said. And so we heard some ways of bringing pictures and receiving, hearing from God. Last week, Kevin spoke all about that. Um, and it's always, uh, yeah, it's always important to sort of, like Kevin said, think about, oh, is this from God? Is it me? Did I eat too much cheese last night? That's really significant. Um, but actually, you never really find out if God's speaking through you unless you actually say what you think he might have said through you. And uh, we've got some top tips in a moment for, for prophets with L-plates. Um, to consider, which, which is always to be on that side of, I could be wrong, but perhaps the Lord is saying this. And again, you, you just want to be really sensitive when you're, when you're saying those sorts of things. So that's why, that's why it's there. And, uh, and lastly, how does it work? Um, it's safe to say that prophecy, when God reveals something to us, it's not always clear what he means straight away. That's why it is always sensible to ask Jesus some questions before you, uh, about what we've heard. And, and the reason that is in there in terms of why it works that way, I believe, is to draw us closer to Jesus. It's to ensure we are talking to him one-on-one, uh, -on -one, that we are speaking to him and deepening our relationship with him all the time. And again, that comes with practice. But prophecy isn't there to sow confusion. It's not there to sow doubt. It's to build us up. It's to draw us closest to him and, uh, and understand what he's got for us. And two questions that kind of summarize how this works are, are these, Lord, what are you saying? And, and then what do I need to do about it? What do you want me to do about it? So you get a revelation, perhaps something, picture word, and you want to ask him, okay, so what's that about? And sometimes you get it straight away. Sometimes you need to pray about it. And then lastly, the application. What do you want me to do about it, if anything? And now there isn't always something, but sometimes, often there is an, an activation or an application in that. And so revelation, interpretation, and application are really the three steps through it as we go. And lastly, and this, this really struck me just over the weekend, was we're stepping into these things, we're stepping into the everyday supernatural, and 1 Samuel 16, 7 says, the Lord looks on the heart. Like, people look on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks on the heart. And he's talking about King David, future King David, who's a lowly shepherd boy at that time. And, and what I wanted to do with you just before we... Um, have a go at this and try, it's just settle, settle our hearts before God. Just submit them to him um, because we, we've heard a lot of information there and we're going to go for it in some groups in a moment um, and, and we can get everybody involved 
little ones, adults. We just need to explain to them what's going on first, the little ones. But I really want to pray that the Holy Spirit would lead us in using this gift and that our expectations would raise, would rise. And so um, why don't you, yeah, why don't we just come before God now just for a minute or so and then I'll pray. You might want to put your hands out, close your eyes, just take a moment to pause and, and ask God to, yeah, come and settle your heart before him. Mm. Uh, Lord Jesus, we want to draw near to you right now. We want to draw close. We want to step in to using this spiritual gift you've given us uh, for your glory, primarily. We want what we share with one another to build one another up, strengthen, encourage, comfort. And in the process, we want to draw near to you and give you praise for what you say. And, and what you do in our hearts. And so, Lord, you see our hearts right now. And we just ask you to fill them with perfect love. Cast out fear, if there's any fear in there, re- resulting as what, of what's been shared today. If there's any anxiety, or, Lord, if there's anything simply not of you, if there's any boulders in the river that are stopping the flow, Lord, help us repent and change our thinking about this and receive um, words, pictures, encouragements from you again for one another. We really love you and we really praise you. Amen. 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 And on that basis, uh, we're going to give this a go. And just so 